0: look at it in the bigger picture. It wasn't like, oh, let me go out here and be one of the pioneers in this movement. It was just like, hey, sis, I just learned something cool. Let me show you. And now you show someone else. And that's what it was. It was about us educating and teaching each other, you know?
1: You're listening to Side Hustle Pro the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews Okome. So let's get started. Welcome, welcome back to the show, guys. It's Nikayla here. And today in the guest chair, we have Rochelle Graham Campbell. Coined a beauty pioneer by Essence Magazine, Rochelle is the CEO and co-founder of Allocay Naturals. From struggling college student to YouTube sensation with over 16 million views, Rochelle is a millennial beauty boss who made Getting to the Root of You her mission when she took a $100, that's right, $100 initial investment that she earned waiting tables to convert her kitchen into her first laboratory, composed of the richest natural and organic ingredients Allocate Naturals is one of the fastest growing beauty brands. The award-winning products are currently available at Select Target, Rite Aid, Walmart, JCPenney, and CVS stores. And we're going to get all into Rochelle's journey today. So welcome to the guest chair, Rochelle.
0: Hi, thank you for having me.
1: Of course, it's been a long time coming, right? But (laughs) let's take it back for a second. What is your earliest memory of having an entrepreneurial spirit?
0: I would say my earliest memory was when I got in trouble in elementary school for selling candy on the school bus and in between classes. Um, Because I, first of all, I used to just get candy in bulk anyway from Costco. And so I was like, what am I doing with all this candy? (laughs) I was making money. So I would literally fill my backpack and I would beg my parents to take me on the weekend to buy candy. And I was selling it on the bus and I had such a like large customer base there that I started selling them <laughs> in between classes and that's when I got caught and I got in trouble they called my mom and my mom was like I don't see the problem you guys sell candy in the cafeteria anyway right. so what is the issue so yeah she defended me but of course I had to stop but oh, I was making wow. those
1: quarters okay you were competition they were hating they yes. were just I'm, I'm mad that you call it your customer base. Like,
0: yes. <laughs> you were like, oh, this I is my customer parents, base. My customers, <laughs> my customers want more pixie sticks, mom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so where did it go from there? What was your initial career path as you went through school and were determining what you were going to be when you grow up?
0: Yes. So I always wanted to be a lawyer. I have always wanted to be an attorney as far as, Even when I was like a little girl in Jamaica, that's always been my thing. Like my mom used to say she wants to be a doctor when she grows up. And I'd be like, well, I want to be a lawyer when I grow up. And so we were both on a mission to become those things. And yet once I got into undergrad, I realized that, you know, I didn't really enjoy pre-law as much as I thought. And I also didn't enjoy like my finance classes. I more so gravitated towards like the marketing classes and um, African-American studies and women's studies, things like that. So when I was studying and finishing my undergrad, I decided to change my focus to getting a bachelor's in marketing, but I still thought that once I graduated, I had started applying to law school. So I was still going to go anyway, because it was all that I knew. It was my big dream. Um, but life just happened to pivot. Um, I was in, I believe my third year in undergrad, and that's when I started my company, on K Naturals, on, you know, by whim. But I was on the other side of things, still working all of these like other side jobs just to keep myself going, to pay for myself to go through school. Because at that point, my mom could not financially support me to go to college because she was finishing up her medical program. So I was awaiting tables at Olive Garden, which thank God, because that of course ended up funding my business. Um, I was a CNA. So I was working at a nursing home down the street from my apartment. And I was also, my husband and I, Damon, were throwing newspapers every night and that's a seven day a week job. And I was doing undergrad. So I was taking five to six classes every semester. Yeah, I was doing all of that. And then I started, of course, on my YouTube channel because that was a creative outlet for me. It was just something for me to do. But who knew that fast forward later, that would, you know, right. launch me into entrepreneurship. But I didn't go to law school. I, yeah, I remember having to tell my mom. <laughs> it was mad. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> LSU was mad. Uh, I can imagine. Uh, no yeah.
1: Jamaican moms. So, you said you started allocate while in college. Was it allocate as it is today, or did you think it was going to be something you would sell, or was it like I started making products for myself in college?
0: Yeah. So I started making products for myself, but it quickly became Malakay after the first product. Um, So it immediately always had its name. Mm -hmm. Um, So it started from, okay, I'm going to go natural because my mom went natural and my husband is drooling over my mom at dinner. He loves her natural (laughs) hair. I mean, girl, he was literally, (laughs) he was drooling over her. He was like, Miss Marlene, your hair is so beautiful. She had just like shaved her head off. And so he asked me, he's like, does your natural hair look like that? And I was like, I don't know. So I went home that night, I cut all my micro braids out of my hair. So I literally had an inch of hair left. So I went natural. So then I, you know, had some girls on campus who were natural. So I was like, okay, great. This is a thing. Then I went online and found this website called Fode Key that had women who were natural sharing pictures and albums of their hair. Mm -hmm. So I started on there and I felt like I started building like this sisterhood online. So I was natural for a year and then I started doing really fun styles with my hair on Foki and people were like, hey, there's this thing that just um, launched called YouTube. Can you not post like the 10 pictures showing your step by step right. video for us and put it on YouTube? And I was like, what is a YouTube? Uh-huh. So I, <laughs> I went on YouTube. And what and year was this? This was like 2008, 2009, okay. like 2008 at that time because I hadn't started K. Um, so I went on YouTube and I was like, OK, I had this like little raggedy red camera hey. and I u- <laughs> I used paper towels and um, toilet papers to stack them to make my tripod. And I recorded this video of my natural hair doing a puff and all the girls from Folk Key went over to YouTube to watch me. So I was one of the first um, hair vloggers on YouTube, period. There were like five of us over there trying to figure this thing called YouTube out and we would have to. YouTube only allowed seven minute videos. So we were doing multiple seven minute videos just to get our tutorials out. But that really built me into this natural hair community because I realized, whoa, I love to help people. And everything that I was learning about my hair and my beauty and my natural hair, I wanted to teach everyone else. So mm. fast forward a year later, after doing a thousand and one videos, like these were officially my sisters and still to this day are like, I love my YouTube subs. Um, But fast forward a year later, I had damaged my natural hair so bad because I colored it six times in one year. Oh, whoa! exactly. I went ham and then I did a texturizer um, in my hair because at that time people were still gravitating towards like the curly look. Right. Right. So over, of course, now. But um, so I decided I got to do a second big chop. So I did my second big chop live on YouTube before going live was a thing. And I posted it and I said, you guys, this time I'm not going to use any chemicals, no chemicals at all, no chemical based products." And I was like, you know what? I'm going to only use natural and organic ingredients and I'm going to make sure I understand what I'm using because I need to grow this hair back quickly. Mm -hmm.
1: And, you know. Something you said too reminded me. First of all, I remember Folk I, I called it Fotkey. I didn't know what it is. Me and too guys, I, yeah. No. And if I you're like, know. what is that? Don't worry. I don't think it exists anymore. It was like F O no. T K I. I don't think it exists. But just know it was where us natural girls saw, you know, different hairstyles before people could do videos about it. Now, yeah. as you were working on YouTube, one of the first doing this. Were you still in college at this point, or had you graduated and were working full time but still doing your YouTube and and serving people that way?
0: Nope, I was still in college. Okay. Um, in fact, what a lot of people don't know is I ended up having to extend and do an extra year in college just because of my business um, that I was about to launch. You know, that next year sucking yeah. me in. Ooh. So yeah, no, I was still in college, and the only. I still was working all of these jobs. It wasn't until Allocay actually got started that I started to drop my side hustle. So we stopped the newspapers first. Then I stopped doing the CNA thing because they weren't being flexible with my hours. Mm -hmm. But I was running Allocay and working at Olive Garden and doing my YouTube channel all at the same time.
1: And were you selling your products at this point or were you just about to start making them and showing your YouTube audience like here's how I make
0: them? Yep. I was just about to start. Um, So it was that second big chop is actually what inspired me to even make my first product because as a college student, I was going to, once I went to like the holistic or natural stores, all of the products were so expensive. Like they were for an eight ounce jar, they were like $40 yes. for you to get the natural stuff. And I was like, I can't afford this. And then I would look at the things that were affordable to me, like you know, between the 10 to $20 range. And I was like, okay, I could do this, but then I would buy them and they would not work on my hair, but, but I could give them to my friends that have like curly hair or looser textures and it would work for them. And then also it was around the time that the good hair movie came out. And I started to really educate myself about the dangers of the ingredients that were in so many products our whole lives. And I was yeah. like, uh-uh, no. I already have fibroids and PCOS and all these other things. I'm not going to be using products that's going to, you know, cause me any other issues. So I decided to create um, my first product, which, again, still had no idea at this point I was going to launch a beauty empire. (laughs) I decided to make the Essential 17 Hair Growth Oil because I was bald, Michaela. Oh no. I had, cut, <laughs> I had cut my hair off. I had done the second big chop and it's like, yay, celebrate. Now what? For me to do hair videos, I needed hair. So I wanted my hair to grow back fast. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna make my own growth oil and I'm gonna get my hair to grow back fast so I can get back into these tutorials. So I decided, let me take 17- natural and organic oils and herbs. I I took everything. I was like, one of these is going to work because all of these things based on my knowledge and experience of you know, growing up in Jamaica. So that's the thing. A lot of people say, how did you know how to formulate this? The thing is, I grew up in Jamaica and my grandmother is an herbalistic doctor. So Mm -hmm. everything that could possibly go wrong with us, she knew what herb in the back to go pick, to boil, (laughs) to to smash, to everything, to seep. And so I grew up seeing that we turn to nature for solutions for things. And then with me also growing up um, in SDA church, it's the same thing. Everything was, you have to be clean and herb and back to Eden. Like we were, for, Those things were forced on us as a kid. And so it was very easy for me to say, okay, I need my hair to grow back. Here are the oils and the herbs that I'm going to combine in this bottle. And one of these 17 is bound to work. So I didn't tell my YouTube subscribers at this point, I just started using the oil off the behind the scenes. And they were like, wait, you just did a big chop on your hair like three months ago. How is your hair growing back so fast? So I'm like, oh yeah, I made this oil. And they're like, what oil? And I'm like, oh, let me show you guys how to do this. So what's so funny, Nikaela, and I don't know if I've ever mentioned this in an interview, Mm -hmm. is I actually did a tutorial on YouTube showing people how to make the essential 17 hair growth oil, which funny enough, yes, which of course now is the fastest selling growth oil on shelf and retail. But I tried to teach people this back (laughs) then and I have the video and people were like, uh this is cute and all, but right. we want you to make it. And exactly. I was like, oh crap. Okay. I always
1: think it's so funny when, you know, <laughs> once I start watching a video and it has more than three steps, I'm like, <laughs> oh, you're funny. You're funny.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I ended up having to make it, um, for a couple people, but I, t- so, but it didn't happen that easy. Cause I told my husband, I was like, Damon. Listen, my subscribers, because that's how, how I feel about my subs. I'm like, my subscribers want me to make some bottles of growth oil for them. And I want to. But he's like, babe, listen, rent is due next week. I don't care how you make it happen. As long as you don't take out of what we have to pay for rent, which I understood at that point. Mm -hmm. So I swapped a shift with a young lady, um, Tiffany at Olive Garden, and I worked and made an extra hundred dollars that weekend. And I used that to buy just enough bottles, just enough oil and herbs. And I made some bottles and I put it up on my Etsy page. So I had Etsy already running because I had another company that I was doing when in college called Nayamani Chic where I was making earrings that are called ringleader earrings, which were super popular back then. Like I would design earrings and release them. They were made with like the the earring bases from the hair store. And I would like take, um, crochet and wrap it around and I would make them so Ooh. dope that people had Oh, I think I know the ones you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The ringleaders. Yeah. So I already had my Etsy page up for my ring, my Naimani Chic. So I was like, oh, let me just throw these bottles up here yeah. and then I'll tell people Michaela, like two days later, they sold out. Like it wasn't even two days. They were gone. And so I had to get on YouTube and people were upset. I thought you said it would be up this week. I'm like, I did post it. They sold out. <laughs> so all I did was I separated my income from uh-huh. Nayamani Sheik and I took that money and I just kept buying more bottles, more oils. And that is literally how I started Allokay Naturals. That's what funded it. And Allokay didn't even have a name until Daman and I Sat down and I was like, "What am I gonna call this stuff?" And he's like, "Well, call your company Black Onyx World because you're Black Onyx and it's your world." And I was like, "Okay, cool." So everything was just Black Onyx World at first, and then it became Allocate Naturals because Allocate is my middle name. Oh. So that's
1: how we started. Wow, you know, it's not many people who start out on YouTube and then actually grow into an entrepreneur. That's not just an entrepreneur cuz they have a YouTube channel. <laughs> you know, nowadays yes. that that oh, is the that is like that is the, the thing. That is the <laughs> thing. That is your business and no knock on that cuz that's lucrative, okay? Mm-hmm. But to to have a physical based business that started because people were drawn to Something that you created and the results that came from what you created, that's amazing. Thank you. And, you know, something you kind of touched on, which I want to go back to for a second because I think it's important. You know, you mentioned the fact that there are products that weren't for your hair or that you damaged your hair because you were trying to achieve a curl pattern that when the natural hair movement first started blowing up, This most desired curl pattern wasn't necessarily the one that was 4C or I don't even know what it's called anymore, 4Z, 4B. I just know what grows out of my head, right? And we had to then within us (laughs) say, okay, wait, 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 there's got to be room for everybody. It can't just be that we're all trying to like slather our hair with all this gel to achieve curls that don't naturally grow out of our head, okay? And that's one of the things I love about, you know, you'll just rock your hair and you'll show like how much, how mo- how much moisture you have in your natural texture and how these products are for that. They're not for changing your texture.
0: Exactly. And that was a big thing for me because I, it was one of those frustrations because I was like, wait a minute, we went natural and we're here now and we're supposed to be embracing our texture. But yet all the girls that we were putting on pedestals at that time, they were curly girls, or they were tech flaxed, or they had jerry curls, but they weren't using the the oil thing, but they were jerry curled. They jerry curl chemical to alter their hair. And I was like, wait a minute. No, like I need to show people that we can have our kinky, beautiful, natural hair. It's just about keeping it healthy. And I also wanted to show people all the fun styles that we can do with our hair as well. And that was the thing. It was I didn't really look at it in the bigger picture. It wasn't like, oh, let me go out here and pi- be one of the pioneers in this movement. Yeah. It, was, it was just like, hey, sis, I just learned something cool. Let me show you. And now you show someone else. And that's right. what it was. It was about us educating and teaching each other, mm-hmm. you know?
1: And do you think that's why um, people gravitated to you? Because it was, you know, it's hard when, when you find that person who has your texture, who is speaking to you, you stick with them.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Because it was like people were like, oh, yeah, the length of your hair, I can relate to it because it's not hair that's down in my butt crack. We don't have that, you know, know, it, and then, you know, (laughs)
1: this happens
0: and I'm like, like, I'll
1: do a wash and go.
0: (laughs) Just water. You'd be like, um, so what steps did you take? Oh, I dipped my head in the sink. It's like, no, well I can't relate to that. I I have like a lot of steps, you know? Mm -hmm. But I found ways and hacks to simplify it. Mm -hmm. And I found ways to create products that were now helping people to keep their hair moisturized for longer and giving them those styles that they always wanted, but they didn't have to use chemicals to do it. Like, Hey, you could do a twist out and let me show you how to do it. And then I created the lock method like, Oh, so your hair can't stay moisturized too long. Let me create the lock method. Let me show you how to keep it moisturized for longer than a day. So I've just been out here just trying to find solutions for everything that I saw my natural sisters facing.
1: And at what stage did it go from being on Etsy to okay, we need to create a website and their regular recurring customers coming to Allocay.
0: Mm-hmm. so at that point it was because our we were having so many people order. And once I started to really understand the business side of things and look at what Etsy's costs were, I was like, wait a minute, you're collecting a fee and I'm driving traffic through my youth. Like these are my YouTube subbies. These are yeah. your, your people. So I decided to, at that point, um, to create my own website. And of course, because I'm a DIYer, I built and taught myself how to code my first website myself. and I did my banner. I remember what app I used to to do my banner. Like it was so raggedy. But my (laughs) first website was blackonyxworld.com, which for my first, I think, three or four hundred YouTube videos, um, they all still say blackonyxworld.com because that's what I had. Allocat didn't even launch until maybe two years before I got into retail. Um, so, everything, my Naimani Chic and Allocate naturals both lived on com for many years.
1: Now, what was the investment at this stage? Were you still working at Olive Garden and pouring that salary into this business?
0: So, Actually, I never poured any salary from Olive Garden into the business um, other than the hundred dollars of
1: that investment. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Other than the initial investment, nothing. And I kept really good track of like our finances. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because honestly, I just couldn't afford to, like, it would have been awesome to say, I'm going to take some money from, you know, working at Olive Garden and put into this. But you had my husband and I who were young. I was 21, when I, 21, 22, no, yeah, 22 when I first started Allocay. So we were just trying to keep a roof over our head and pay our car notes and keep our cell phones on. So I didn't really have that luxury, but yes, I was still working at Olive Garden up to the point, um, I think it was like, maybe like six months in when, after starting Allocay, by that time I had a couple of products. So I had the growth oil, then we had the Shea Ogre hair moisturizer, and then the Lemongrass leave-in conditioner. And then I think we had the Shine crave hair glosser. And by then, oh, and the honey and sage deep conditioner. So those were my five first products that I formulated in my kitchen. And once we had those five, we had like recurring customers and you know our revenue really started to increase. So I had to let Olive Garden go. But I held on to that for a very long time because I didn't really know if this thing was a for real thing or right. if it was just people trying to buy from me temporarily. Um, but even when I left my job, which is something I think people should always do, I left in a positive way. So God forbid anything happened, I could always, you know, go back.
1: Go back. And, and were you leaving more so because you were trying to keep up with demand or were you also yeah. in the financial position where you're making enough revenue each month to cover yourself?
0: It was both. The revenue that I was making from Kay, even when we were still in my apartment, what I would make in a month from working at Olive Garden, I was making in a week. And so it was it was, you know, quite easy from the financial standpoint to be able to let that go, because I knew I could contribute still to my portion of our household, um, income and still be okay. And then also the time demand was nuts. Like when we came home from work, Nikayla, we stayed up till crazy wee hours of the night printing orders. Like it was crazy. And we did this for months and still had to get up and go to work and, and keep up with our grades because we weren't going to fail any of our classes. Because we were paying out of pocket for school.
1: Wow. And at that time, how were you packaging the products? Like, were these things you ordered? I mean, there was no Amazon, right? At that no. point. So, <laughs> so you know, where were you sourcing even the bottles that you were putting things in and the labels and all of that good stuff?
0: Yeah. So most of our containers at first were um, actually deli containers. So we would get like the little deli um, eight ounce containers from a local company that sold to restaurants. And then when those started to crack and spill in transit, then I started to buy on eBay um, a lot of my bottles. And I would also get like all my oils and herbs from different websites online and mostly from like mom and pop smaller companies, because I even in the beginning was always about sourcing the best quality ingredients. And I didn't want to order from like companies who were like mixing or diluting ingredients. Mm-hmm. And I would also, because we're Florida-based, there's a lot of farms that are local. So I'd be able to source things from local places as well. Um, but we were hand mixing items and we were hand bottling. So for about a year and a half, almost two years, we ran allocate from our apartment. And so we were hand mixing in the kitchen and we were hand bottling. And actually we had two rooms at this point. So our guest bedroom, we would flip the mattress up against the wall and we would put all the furniture and items in the closet. And that was our work and mixing and packaging room. And When guests came over, we would just hide everything in the closet and flip things back down. (laughs) Like we did what we had to do.
1: And at what stage did you move out of doing this in your house and why? You know, what what was the difference in demand? What was the difference in the recurring revenue at that point?
0: Yes. So... I can definitely say that one of the things that we've always been blessed with and during this stage, um, as far as like recurring revenue, we experienced a 30 to well, since, you know, inception, we've always had between a 25 to 33 percent um, annual growth rate for our revenue. Um, and so in those early stages, like we were growing 30 to 33 percent every single year. So it was like, OK, we're climbing. As far as like making that transition from our house to being like in a commercial space, we went from our apartment and then when we graduated, we moved to Fort Myers, Florida, because that's where my mom lived at the time. And we ended up moving and purchasing our home from her. And so we just moved the business naturally into our house. And luckily, my grandparents lived down here. And so we were able to get them to come over to help and work with us. So you they put your grandparents to work? <laughs> yes, girl. Okay, Nicola. you know what's crazier? Yeah. I'm going to send you a picture because do you know they still work at our headquarters to this get day? Out. that is so Listen, sweet. Listen, I yeah. have 20 something employees in that building and my grandparents, I tried to retire them last year. One of them stayed home for like 6 months and she's bored so she came back. Like they <laughs> stop. <laughs> like I'm like go home. Just like go home. Relax. The okay. They, they're not about it. So no, like, yeah. So my grandparents came over to our house and we were working from the house and the business was growing, but it got to the point that we were suffocating because our kitchen was allocated. Our gym area was no longer a gym. It was allocated. Our living room was allocated, So we could never turn our brains off at any time. Our guest room was our office. Like we just could not, like it was everywhere. And while that's a good thing, it also became overwhelming because we couldn't get things as organized as we wanted. And then I became pregnant. And so it was like, oh, well, we need to actually move out of this place because we need to hire a real assistant for me to help print all these hundreds of orders that I'm getting every day. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to bring strangers into my home.
1: And were these hundreds, you know, was this all from your YouTube following at this point? And were you doing anything specifically to market the products outside of YouTube?
0: No, I was not marketing outside of YouTube. This was all just my YouTube following. Wow. nothing more. And, and on top of that, I wasn't really, I wasn't really doing strategic marketing. Like I would still do some hair tutorials and videos, but I don't think I ever did more than 20 to this day. I, I probably need to get better at this, but I haven't done more than 20 tutorials using my products because I kind of got sucked into, hey guys, I'm making these products and I'm doing these videos for you. But then I would be behind the scenes working so hard that I didn't really get a chance to even do as much as I probably could have. Right.
1: And that's, I- that's everyone, right? Like, cause you're actually doing the work and, and you yeah. think about, and it's working and people are buying. So it's like, oh, do I stop and take some time to make some videos to market when yeah. I have customers? So I yep. can see that.
0: Exactly. So I neglected the content side because I had to do the, real work side. And then also by the time we moved to Fort Myers, I had formulated about 60 other products, six zero. Okay. Whoa, okay. Yes. So I did skincare, I did bath and body. And then people with different textures were asking me for products. So I'd make products for the curly girls, the ways girls, the locks girls. So do you I have created... that many
1: to this day or did you scale back and, and say, Whoa, this is way too many
0: no, different we options. Still have, we still have all of our SKUs to this day. Okay. Um, but what's kind of crazy is that after growing and adding 60 SKUs, a couple years later, we've added candles. And then last year after having my daughter, I launched our baby Sapphire um, baby line. And then this year we launched our new, um, new lemongrass style collection, but I took a seven year, which is not good in my industry. I took seven year gap between launching products. So that's not good. You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to launch things frequently, but I took seven years because I had so many really great products that I just didn't feel the need. I just don't believe in creating stuff for the sake of, you know? Um, but so like I said, at that point we went from my house and I did not want to just bounce into a commercial space because we didn't feel like we were ready for that. So what we did was we rented a condo that was close to our house and we ran our business out of the condominium. So we went in true Caribbean people style. We bought tarp from Home Depot (laughs) and tarp. The whole place we tarped the stairs every place because we didn't want to mess up the people's place, and we hired employees we hired our first employee to come in and be my assistant, so she helped me to print orders and pack orders and make earrings. I don't do well even to this day; I'm not a people manager, mm-hmm. and so I didn't really enjoy having to check people's work, and I believe in quality or nothing right, and that's something I struggle with
1: but and and and, and it raises an important point because you kept you know you say, "Oh, and I hired this, and I'm like wait a second, wait a second. This is seeming really easy. Like, is is it really this easy to hire people to to trust them with your product?
0: No, but that's the thing. We never allowed them to even get that close to that part of it because that was too important to us. And even to this day, the only people in the entire world that know any of our formulas at our headquarters is me, my husband, Damon, And my brother-in-law knows like, the last part of one of our phases because he is our finisher at this point but the only person in the world that knows the formulas is me and Demond. like we've never yeah because I, I just can't yeah. you know hey guys it's Nikaela here
1: with a quick word from our sponsors no one ever told me when I started side hustling that I would need to be my own web designer my own email marketing guru my own social media manager you name it Luckily, I found Skillshare and now I'm able to learn all of these new skills every single day to help me in my business and to keep me on point. Skillshare is an online learning community for creators like me and you. It has over 25,000 classes in subjects like blogging, like social media marketing and advertising, web design, and now even podcasting. That's right. I recently created the How to Start Your Own Podcast course on Skillshare so you can learn all of my secrets, how to get started as a podcaster, plus so much more. And huge thanks to Skillshare for having a special offer just for Side Hustle Pro listeners. You can get two months of unlimited access to Skillshare for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash Side Hustle Pro. That's Skillshare.com slash Side Hustle Pro. One more time, that is Skillshare.com slash Side Hustle Pro. One of the most challenging parts of being a small business has to be staying on top of the admin work. It can be a lot, guys. And that's why I want you to check out HoneyBook.com. Because HoneyBook can help you spend much, much less time handling all of that administrative work and more time just doing what you love. How it works is Honeybook is an all in one business management platform, so it makes it easy to streamline your process from a client booking to the completion of the project. Honeybook provides project management tools, custom branded proposals and contracts, and you can even get e signatures and generate invoices and get paid faster all with one online system. And that's why I've partnered with HoneyBook. So you guys can check it out for 50% off the first year with promo code HUSTLEPRO. So head over to HoneyBook.com and use promo code HUSTLEPRO for 50% off your first year. Again, that's HoneyBook.com and promo code Pro. So when you are mass producing something, how do you get the right ingredients in the right proportion out and manufactured without sharing the ingredients.
0: So we still do everything ourselves. We actually opened up our own manufacturing facility. Mm -hmm. We I ended up getting an opportunity to pitch my business to Target. And once I you know got the approval from Target, we were like, oh wait a minute, this is for real. And when they saw when Target saw what my sales were from our e-commerce they were like, oh, we're gonna put you in X, Y, and Z number of stores. And I was like, hold up, we're not ready for that as yet because I wasn't even sure how we were gonna scale from our little space where we were to keeping up with that kind of production. Yes. So we moved into, so demon and I had to make a very tough decision. This was a very critical point in our business. We said, okay, are we going to outsource our manufacturing where we work with a contract manufacturer and we give them our formulas and then the products that are going into Target, they can do for us and we do the rest of the products, or do we want to open up our own manufacturing facility? So we decided to just open up our own facility. So that for that is how we've been able to scale and make sure that we can still maintain the right ratio and the right and the same quality of products. It's because we're still doing it ourselves, but just now on a bigger scale. So where we first started, where we were hand bottling and we were doing batches that were fifty-six quart batches, we're now doing multiple fifty-five gallons. So it's like two hundred gallons at a time that we're making of one product. Okay. And it, we're we're and instead of hand bottling them, we now have an entire production line. So it fills well. We they mix separately. So we have a separate space at our um, Allocaine Naturals headquarters where the products are actually made from scratch. So that's where, you know, the oils and all the raw materials are mixed. The, 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 The herbs, the botanicals, all that stuff is mixed and blended in a separate room. And if we have to do like a melt and pour, we do that in a separate part of the building as well. Then it is transported into the production part of our space where my staff there then puts it into the machine, and the machine fills, and then they run the production line. So we fill, we bottle, we label, we seal, we batch, and then we box. Okay. This whole process has not been very easy because we don't have guidance. There's not someone who is in this industry who is like, Hey, girl, hey, heard (laughs) you want to open your own manufacturing space. Let me show you. But it was important for us because, first of all, my YouTube subscribers and my Allocate customers said to us congratulations we're happy that you got into retail but please don't do like and then they said a, a brand's name yeah. don't do like so and so and water down your products once you make it big okay. and that haunted me so much that I was like you know what whatever it takes I'm gonna figure out how to do this myself okay. so even with getting water filtration systems to setting up and buying our machinery, and Nikaela, we celebrate in July coming up this year. We would have we are celebrating ten years of Alli Naturals, and we are still a debt free, debt free bootstrap business, girl. Okay. Oh man. Oh man. <laughs> we still have <laughs> no debt, no loans, no credit cards, no investors. We have nothing. So we have we, and that is going to change very soon, of course, because okay. we have to scale, and that's the next step that we're having to take. But we are very proud. That we were able to buy these six figure machinery on our own income. And it did mean sacrifices in other areas. So we're not always as flashy, you know, as some of the other companies or certain things that other people are able to put money into. Sometimes I'm like, dang, I wish I could, but I can't because mm-hmm. I need to focus back end of things. Um, But I'm very proud of like where we have grown to.
1: That's a huge, that is huge. You are absolutely right about that. 10 years. And, but now you mentioned that you are going to have to move into a different phase with scaling. So that brings the question of what will that look like? What changes will you have to make in order to scale?
0: You know what? Our biggest thing with scaling is funding and space. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now we are in a sixty five hundred square foot um facility. And you know
1: what? Before we before we even talk about that, I should clarify yeah. because you have scaled, right? You are in Target, you're in so oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're in <laughs> Like this is not, you know, oh, I need to get into storage. So first of all, yeah. what what does scaling look like for you? What does that mean compared to what you're doing now?
0: Yes. So where we are currently, um, our brand is one of the top natural um, hair brands in the industry period, which I'm really proud of. And our data shows that, um, we're also still one of the fastest growing brands, um, according to our industry data as well. Um, we're sold in 20, over 20 countries, actually 22 to be exact, but we're sold in Dubai, Nigeria, Canada, of course, my home country, Jamaica, our home country, Jamaica. <laughs> um, so we are literally sold worldwide and I'm, that's something I'm really proud of. And then as far as retail, We're sold in, like you mentioned, Target, CVS, Rite Aid, Bed Bath & Beyond, JCPenney, Kroger, um, Walmart. So we are in a lot of stores and we're also sold in some of the top beauty supply stores and salons as well, because I still pride myself in the fact that we unlike some of the brands, we still sell to um, individual small business owners. Yes. So it's some of and I list
1: appreciate list. that. When I go home yeah. to the Bronx,
0: I do go to my beauty supply store. And yes, up. yes. <laughs> yes. It's, because, Michaela, that is so important. Yes. Like, I don't want to go off into my own thing, but I just want to mention to people how important that is. And we kept our accounts from our beauty supply stores and salons when we got into major retail. Why? Because these people believed in me when... A lot, before retail even came about, they believed in my dream and they gave me that opportunity to yes. put my product on shelf. So I still have a separate team at my headquarters that handles those specific accounts. So yeah, we've definitely scaled. Um, we have approximately 22 employees in that building, but I also run other small brands as well um, that have offsite employees um, that work with me on those companies. But as far as like scaling allocate. Um, our building, we've definitely outgrown the space, but we don't want to move until we can purchase our building. And so the space we're currently in is just going to have to make do. And of course, again, with operating as a debt-free business, we understand that we are going to have to take on some form of debt to be able to purchase a building, but it has to be the right building, Michaela, and it has to be the right time because we don't want to just scale up to a 20,000 square foot building. I need to go bigger because whatever I purchase, Needs to be able to house my brand for a couple of decades and really be something that we can grow into. And then, as far as scaling our brand, um, we've had to turn down some opportunities. Well, first of all, some opportunities with certain retailers approaching us we've turned down because they're just not the right fit, or certain partnership opportunities we've turned down. Um, in our fourth year in business, DeKalo, when we had just moved to Fort Myers and we're working out of our house, a very large beauty company mm-hmm. um, actually um, offered to purchase us um, for a seven digit amount. And we turned it down. And Really? Thing- Why is yes. that? You know what, girl? That <laughs> money looks so good. <laughs> that money was like, Ooh, wait a minute. Are they serious? Uh, it was a great opportunity, but it was not, it was not the right opportunity for us. And we just didn't feel like allocate is our baby. And so we didn't want to hand our baby over in, in her infancy. It was like, no, this is my baby. I'm not letting go, but I can tell you that it was such, it was such a great offer at that time. I was like, Damon, what do we do? He's like, it's up to you. And I'm like, you know, I'm not interested. And so I had to walk away from that. Um, Where we are now is we know that we have to receive some sort of funding in order to take the brand to where I want to take it to. Um, But I don't know, Nikayla. truthfully, I don't know what that looks like for me. We want to make sure that we are very cautious and careful with whatever direction we go. Because number one, I don't want to lose my business. And number two, I want to make sure that whatever I'm putting together still allows this brand to be... Um, benefiting my children and my my future generations for years to come. And whether that is a partial ownership funded with, you know, partnering with someone else, but making sure that I'm still a majority owner and still can control the creative vision of my brand. I don't know what that looks like, but I know what I'm not willing to do. That's good to
1: know, because you know, it's not often that I talk to someone who is on the cusp of, first of all, having built a debt-free business and now, you know, has a little bit of the ball in their court to say, I I know we need funding. However, I'm looking for the right funder. I'm, yeah. I'm interviewing you. Like, I'm not some entrepreneur who is desperate right now, who can't yep. make it, who can't make any money at all without some, some kind of support someone to guide me and you know obviously funding is a nuanced thing guys like i'm not saying that that's the only reason people ever get investment before anyone hits me up in the dm but (laughs) what i am saying is i don't often talk to a rochelle a rochelle who they've been doing it on their own and now they recognize okay there's a new level we want to get to and we 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 should we want to finally take on this debt thing and you're so right about it's it's increasingly hard to truly understand the full picture of a business. And I know this because I try to do due diligence on business, but there's just so much you can do unless you're like, you know, send me over your tax records.
0: Like, yep. are you yep. really making money?
1: <laughs> like it looks all good on Instagram and Facebook, but what is going on? What is really going on back there? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And it, but I think that that's one of the, the concerns that I think of, I call it popular business culture. Like Mm -hmm. there's this like girl boss movement that's happening while I'm very proud, you know, that more women and, you know, women of all ages and also young women are being empowered to become entrepreneurs. I need people to understand, don't just focus on it being pretty for social media and everything behind the scenes is falling apart. Like I need you to really put in the work to actually grow and structure and to build your business. Because if Instagram was to ever shut down today. Now, I'm not I'm not even just talking about, oh, will you still have customers? Right. Will you still have a business? Yeah. Or is your business only what you've put on social? So yep. it's 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 very important to have that balance. And like I said, and I, I've heard you you know speak about this before, where sometimes it's very easy to get caught up in a comparative state mm-hmm. of, oh, well, you see someone else doing something. And I have to always remind myself, Rochelle. You don't ever know what is going on never. behind the scenes with people. Mind your business. Put your head back on your paper. <laughs> put your head back on what is on your paper exactly. so you can pass your test. Don't worry about what they're doing because yes. it may look pretty and you never know what people are having to go through. You never and know. It's- It's important. It
1: really is an important part of business. And you really reminded me today because, you know, I think every day as someone who uses Instagram every day for business and marketing um, every day, you're going to be tempted. Like what we know will be tested because of, you know, something new that we'll see like, oh, I wish I was there. Oh, why wasn't I invited to that? Oh, I want to speak on that stage. And, you know, I always have to remind myself that if my goal is X, then why am I focused on that? You know, yep. I I, I want to make the best podcast possible. I want to revamp that. I want to do so much more, and and I want to go the Rochelle route of making my product good, and yep. then everything else can fall into place.
0: And so. everything else can fall into place. And also, not every stage needs you to grace it with it, with your presence. Yeah, like. It's one of those things where when you are doing the work and you're creating amazing things, people, of course, are going to flood you. They're going to say, oh, we want you to do this and we want you to do that. There was one time, Nikaela, that I did 16 events um, in one year. And while that doesn't sound like a lot, but I also had a baby at that time. And so I had to. I had to be juggling and, you know, I would fly back and literally land at midnight because I wanted to be there when Landon woke up in the morning so I could keep his life normal. And it was like it was draining me. And when I look back, I was like half of those events I should have said no to. Yes, Mm -hmm. they wanted me there. But how did that how did that align with my vision? So I scaled back and started to just take a couple bookings, which to this day I still do. Like I'm very strategic with what events I go and I teach business classes or I'm doing natural hair workshops, I carefully select because I have to think about the value of my time and right. the monetary value of my time for me to be on a plane, packing up on an airplane, traveling, mm-hmm. coming back. What could I have achieved in my business? What could I have done for Alec? Hay if I had just stayed put, Yeah, you know?
1: And also like, for me, it's also a matter of my energy gets drained very easily as someone who is an introvert. Like I, for example, if there's a week where I'm doing a, a masterclass or something like that, I literally don't want to think about anything else that week. Yep. So if, you know, someone's reaching out to me, I, I'm just saying no, just so I can be in a bubble and only focus on that thing. And a lot of people wouldn't understand that. But that is that is how I operate. That's how I do my best work. And I've come to understand that. And, and, and that's just how I make decisions. Yep. Agreed. So back to speaking of events, though, I attended the Rise Women Empowerment Conference back in 2016 and it was one of the first places I wore my f- first side hustle pro t-shirt. So that year, you know, when I launched, I was like I'm wearing this t-shirt everywhere, I'm branding myself. And that conference was so it was so inspirational, it was so impactful for me. I remember you had my leak speaking. I took so many gems from it. What inspired you to start a conference? Do you still do the conference? Tell us more about that.
0: Yes um so I as of last year no longer still do the conference um we decided we did it again in 2017 and then 2018 my business partner for that brand Um, Angela and I decided to not continue because we are both so busy juggling and building our other companies that we were no longer able to find the time to fit it into our schedule Mm -hmm. to be able to execute the event the way that we wanted. So we were in the middle of planning 2018 and we were like, you know what, let's be real about how much (laughs) time we have. We both love it. But she had just launched another company. I had just like, you know, launched another company and I was like, you know what, let's take a step back. But Mm -hmm. I, the reason I, that we started um, the Rise Women Empowerment Conference was because we both were kind of frustrated with the foo-foo women's event. Now, Nikayla, I am the ultimate girly girl. I am sparkly, (laughs) unicorn, (laughs) pink.
1: I'm all
0: pink, everything. Yes, Yes, I'm like, I'm such a girly girl. But then the business side of me is like, listen, you can make things pretty, but I need you to have substance. Mm-hmm. And I would go to these women's events and they would just be like, let's hold hands, sisters, and kumbaya. <laughs> and I feel like, girl, what did I just learn from this? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> You did not just have me here to just tell me your story and hold hands and kumbaya. I'm not inspired by things like that. I am very factual base. I want to learn. I want knowledge, like yes. fill my head with something other than just Like what? Like, tell me, give me some tidbits. Give me some tips. Tell me something. And so after going to two women's events like that, I was like, is this a thing? And I wanted to, and Angela as well, she's a cutthroat to the point person. So we were like, let's just create something where women can come together. Yes, it's going to be pretty, but we're more focused on the knowledge and information that these women in this building are going to gain, that they can go back home and immediately apply to their business, that they're learning from women who may not be popular on social media. A lot of the women we we brought to our conference, they didn't have huge social media followings, but they were great women who were running real successful businesses that you can learn from. So that was our inspiration for Rise. And while I no longer am doing Rise, I'm branching off and actually next month, um, well, at this point, um, I am launching Mogul University, which for me is, um, it's a way for me to still teach and support other aspiring entrepreneurs. But this is an online educational platform that I'm going to be launching courses on multiple things in business, including retail, um, how to create products um, from scratch, but real products, not just it's not just beauty products, because I always right. say say to people, oh, and they're like, oh, beauty products. No, I want to teach people the steps that you literally need to take to create tangible products because there's a process. And if you are going into retail, here's the correct way. And here's how to make sure when you're creating products, you are preparing them for ever going into retail channels. Um, and then there's just different things in business that, for instance, vending. I did my other brand, which is the Fab U Natural Hair and Beauty Expo. We just had our conference in September in Tampa and it was great. But you know how many small businesses, Nakela, said, I would have loved to come, but I've never vended at an event before. Or I'm nervous. I've never, I don't know what to vend. And I'm like, what? So I created a course for that, Nakela, because I'm like, listen, yes. y'all cannot be afraid of what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Let me teach you all the things that I had to learn the hard way about how to vend at an event. So I broke it down into a course. And so that really is my reason for creating Mogul because I, Right now, I'm still in the I, I call it like I'm still in the fight of building my brand Allocate Naturals. And okay. so while so many people are approaching me for mentorship, my heart would love to mentor everybody because I'm that person, but I cannot I don't have the time capacity. So what I can do is mentor the masses by creating courses based on what my particular expertise are or the things that I'm like, you know what? I wish someone would have taught me this. Let me put it into a course and pass it on to someone else.
1: It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, speaking of that mentorship and being afraid to then put yourself out there, how did you put yourself out there to these retailers? So at, at what point did you say, you know what, I want us to be available in everywhere that people shop for beauty and hair supplies?
0: Yeah. Um, so for us, the opportunity came about because I went to, I did a business pitch and it was my first business pitch competition. I had found out about it a week before it was in Chicago and I didn't even have the money to even scrape together, but me and my mom flew up there and I pitched my business and everybody was like, you were the best pitch of the day. But the person who was Damon um, from Shark Tank, it wasn't a Shark Tank pitch, but he was on the panel okay. and everyone was like, man, you need to choose her. She won. And he was like, listen, he said to me, he looked me in the eye, said, girl, you are a marketing genius. You are a marketing beast. That is my specialty. So there's nothing I can do to help you. Even what? if I was. Yeah. He was like, what am I going to do? Just give you a couple. He's like, I'm going to invest a couple million dollars into you. He's like, it's not going to be the right direction. He's like, what you need is this. He's like, you need this. He's like, he, he, I forgot what he told me. He's like, you need X, Y, and Z type of funding. You probably have to go to this type of company. He was like, but I particularly like to invest in businesses that need my marketing help. And you do not. And I was so crushed to Kayla. Oh, I was wow. Like, I did not just say this. I need your money, sir. Okay. I need your help and your money. But no, like, it was so heartbreaking, but I look back at it and it was it's such a good thing that that happened because from that pitch in the audience, the um, the judge lady was like, hey, okay, so Damon is not going to be able to help this brand. Someone in this audience needs to help her. And so Walgreens, a buyer from Walgreens was there. And then also a beauty beauty broker was there. And so Walgreens buyer said, listen, your online sales are amazing and crazy, wonderful, but we don't take on brands who are just about to launch into retail, who have never done it. Prove yourself on shelf and then we'll talk. So I said, thank you, ma'am, for the opportunity. Then I met this lady who again was a beauty broker and she was like, hey, Target at the time was looking for grassroots brands and your numbers, your sales numbers are crazy that you've been able to do that in an apartment. Let, let's go to Minnesota and you should pitch your business. I can't guarantee you anything. But I went, Nikkela, I pitched my company. I went by myself with this um, lady and her brand and her um, her staff. And I walked in there with my little products, and I pitched the heck out of Allocaine Naturals. I sold all of those buyers. At that headquarters, they loved me. They loved my company. They were like, who are you and what are we going to do? So they offered me a lot of stores. And I actually, this is interesting. I said no to the amount of stores they wanted to put us in because we were going to go from being online and we were in this small space. I didn't want to fail. So Mm -hmm. I told them, can you start me off in a lesser number of doors? And they're like, sure. So they gave us a hundred doors and we hit the shelf, Nakela, our products were flying off shelf, so they immediately increased us, and now we're sold in upwards to I think sixteen is it is it like thirteen or fourteen hundred stores on wow. Target. But we started with hundred doors, and we mm. just kept improving ourselves. That's so amazing. Alex Hayes
1: took off. And was it easier to get into the other stores from there? Was it like, hey, we're in Target? Yes.
0: Okay. <laughs> yes. It was so easy because they saw my because they saw my sales. It was so my online sales, and this is something I tell people they have to understand, my e-commerce sales and success with my growth over time and that annual that that um that increase every year is what made Target even take that meeting with me. Mm -hmm. At that time, they weren't talking to grassroots brands that much. There was a couple, but there wasn't that many. And when I got in, Nikaela, here's the thing. A group of brands got in with me that were also grassroots homebred, Mm -hmm. and only about three of us survived. Two of them went out of business because they went on shelf and could not keep up with sales, and they couldn't keep up with the charges that go into being on retail. So I had to look and it hurts my heart to this day because I saw these brands evolving because we were all grassroots together. And you think, oh my God, you got into retail. Mm -hmm. I want people to understand retail is not some beautiful fairy tale that you should play around with. People lost their businesses and still continue to quietly lose their businesses Mm -hmm. because they go in when they are not ready as Mm -hmm. yet.
1: So- it's, that's not easy. And, you know, as you say that, I remember, I don't know which brand it was, but there was a brand that was in there and it just one day it was like, I can't get this anywhere. Yep. <laughs> Where is yep. it? What's yep. going on. on? It used to be at Target, not at Target, not on their website. Yep. Crazy. Yep. Craziness. So, okay, now we're going to jump into the lightning round. You just answer the first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready?
0: I am. I think I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> yeah. okay you're ready.
1: You're ready. Yes. All right. Number one, what is the first resource that comes to mind when you think of a resource that has helped you in your business that you can share with the Side Hustle Pro audience?
0: Um, I would say Asana. Um, I love Asana. Um, I mean, I absolutely love the app Asana. Asana is a project management tool that I use for all of my companies. Um, so it's easy because you're able to separate and put your projects in there. You're able to manage your tasks it has an app on your phone. So when you can't sleep at 2 a.m. and you're wondering if your employee got something done, you can wake up and check instead of having to email them like a stalker. <laughs> I'm not speaking to myself. Um, so yeah, so it's like, it really is a great project management tool.
1: Number two, what's been the best business book that you've read this year?
0: Um, I read this book called Eat That Frog. Um, it is, it's about pretty much not procrastinating and always just making sure that you start your day off with the thing that you want you least want to do so the thing that you are dreading the most start off your day with that um because it is going to be the one thing that is most impactful and it's also going to take more of your energy and it's kind of like go ahead and just eat that frog, get it over with, stop procrastinating. So you don't have
1: to to think about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So you're then able to move on to the things that you really, really want to enjoy, like, you know, doing in your business. So I used to do it the opposite way. I used to do all the easy things first and say, let me get these out of the way first, and then I will get to this. And you just, you never get to it. So
1: All right. So number three. Who is a black woman entrepreneur that motivates you, who you would want to trade places with, and why?
0: Okay, so Ava Duvernay. Okay. I don't know if that's how you pronounce her name. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's just because I'm really bad with names. But yeah, so I would say Ava, but the reason being is because. She is coming into a, a, a white and male dominated industry and she is carrying all her black magicness with her. And I think that's amazing because she's also opening doors for other people of color within the industry. But not only did she show up in her industry, but she showed up with quality. It's not, hey, I'm a black woman. Move, move out of my way. Here I am. It's like, no. I am a creative. I am damn good at what I do. I do it well. I'm bringing you something new. It's quality. And by the way, I'm also a Black woman. So I am really impressed with the the barriers that she's breaking down. Um, So yeah, I would definitely say Ava.
1: I like that one. Okay. What about number four? What is a personal habit that has helped you significantly in your business?
0: Um being disciplined. um, I am extremely disciplined. I, I have to be, I am my own boss. And so when that looks good and pretty, you know, for a social media quote behind the scenes, it's like some people don't know how to self-manage. And so they waste a lot of time. I get up and I get things done. I am an early bird. So now I have a one-year-old baby and I have a six-year-old son. So I'm up, Nikayla, before my family is up getting emails out, getting my day structured, looking at my schedule. I get things done before they're awake. And then I use the first half of my day to go through my power checklist. Like I, I go hard. And For instance, this past weekend, I had to work Saturday and Sunday. Why? Because I am launching a brand new collection this week and I had to make sure that things were in order. Nobody was standing over me and saying, Rochelle, maybe you should go back over that commercial. (laughs) (laughs) But I am disciplined. I know it needs to get done. So I'm going to get it done. So yeah, discipline. Okay. And then lastly, what is your parting advice
1: for fellow women entrepreneurs who want to be their own boss, but are worried about losing that steady paycheck?
0: Um, I always say that you should work and keep your steady job for a certain time because the idea of launching and starting a business is already super stressful. So if you're able to use that job to fund your business and be that cushion in the beginning while you get through the stressful initial launch phase, then I think you should hold on to your job at least to be able to do that. Um, The transition point that I think you're safe to let go, I personally say, is when your your side gig is making 60 to 70 percent of the revenue that your current position is generating on a monthly basis. Because once you get to that 60, 70 percent, you have proven that you can make money from this company. And now when you are able to give this business, not just three hours per day after work, but now give it eight to 10 to 12 hour days, you're going to make up that additional 40 to 30% and more. But I don't think it's safe when people start to just make that 10 or 20% of their their income and then they just drop and let go. I don't think that that's wise um, unless you're living under your parents' roof and you just have no financial responsibility.
1: Okay. I like that very specific percentage. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's going to help people a lot. All right. So where can people connect with you and Alake after this episode?
0: Yes um so you can connect with me on I'm also on Instagram so black onyx 77 on Instagram and on YouTube and black onyx world on Facebook and then you can find my company Alake Naturals follow us on every social media platform go over to Instagram right now Alake Naturals and follow us and also when you see allocate products on shelf now that you have heard my story okay you y'all are in my tribe now so when you see my products on shelf take pictures and send them to me in DM because it's still Nikayla makes my heart so happy when people are like I just bought this product to support you like I'm so grateful (laughs) I know I know
1: I love when people share screenshots and I when I go back to the Bronx I'm going back uh, this weekend and I will be taking um, pictures in my local beauty supply so you can see how they merchandise it okay girl you (laughs) know i'm gonna be zooming in i'm gonna be zooming in that's not how i told y'all to do this (laughs) yes (laughs) exactly all right so guys there you have it hey guys